0: Hi and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 99, nearly there, where in a moment we coach you how to beware the scammers. That's today's show topic and it's on the way, like I say, in just a second. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice Right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows. Because in our programs to date, we featured loads of stuff pensions, investing, wills, and powers of attorney, and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. Last week, we chatted diversification with our stunt fill for the day. Andrew Schooler. Remember we can drill down and focus on pretty much anything forensically. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or whatever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there. As I say an enormous resource all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there if you could rate and review us for instance you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show and then that way you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis with me as always, the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi Phil.
1: Hi John, how are you? Good Good to be back.
0: Yeah, we missed you while you were gone. Andrew Uh, did
1: really well. I listened to it yesterday and uh, he he was excellent. He was
0: good, wasn't he? Yeah.
1: Um, So way back
0: in the the dim, dark distance of time, we did a show on scammers towards the start of our podcast, Phil. And I'd imagine scams and scammers being such as they are, they, they probably reinvented just about everything they were doing then, and they've got all hosted new scams and traps ready for us to
1: fall into. That's it, yeah. We did a, a previous podcast. It was episode 11, so it was a fair time ago. So episode 11 was on scams and scammers. And th- this one's good because it's just like an update on things. I mean, scams evolve all the time, so the, the scammers are always trying something new. And, and what you will find is, at the minute, because of the cost of living crisis, people are like more exposed and more vulnerable as well. So you, you'll probably find scams at the minute are, are ramping up. And, and like I say, they're evolving all the time. So it's good to have a bit of a refresher and, and see what sort of things scammers are up to these days. Okay. So, I mean, where do we start? I always think that the, the biggest thing to be wary
0: of is that we, we tend to assume scammers are attacking purely the the elder, elderly, the more vulnerable. And that's just not the case, is it? I mean, they're everywhere
1: and anybody can be fooled. So, what sort of thing are they trying a lot just now, Phil? Yeah, I mean, that, that's it. Scammers will, will kind of try anything. One thing I would always say is check who you're dealing with. A, a good example of that, I mean, our, our office received a call last week from someone who was saying that they were a, not a client, but some, someone had phoned up here saying that someone had called them saying that I had recommended some sort of crypto assets. So the person was telling us that, Someone had called them up, said it was Phil Anderson. They give them our company FCA number, which is easy for people to find because there's a the Financial Conduct Authority have got a register of all the different company numbers on there. So someone had allegedly phoned this person up, given them my name and an FCA number and said that I was recommending some kind of crypto assets but um, they, they then kind of said this, oh, this is the number that the person phoned off of. And they, they gave us an email address that had been set up, which was philipanderson at fusionfx24.com. So it's totally different from, from mm. my email address. But the, the thing that was interesting with this one was that when Emma, who took the call in the office, she actually Googled the number that had phoned us pretending to be a client and it actually come up with like scam warnings off of that number. Wow. So it's quite, it's quite bizarre, is it? it? That, that's a thing. Yeah. And, and there are, you know, are there more
0: steps that you can, you can take to get to the bottom of this or or, or to shut that person or group down? Cause you know, it, what I'm thinking is it's not good for your company name being associated with it in any way, is it? Plus
1: I mean, you don't want anybody falling for something like that. I know that's it. Uh, I mean, I know for, for me, I, I'm always saying to folk, look, be on your guard I know it's it's a difficult one for us. I mean, I my first thoughts were right. We'll put out a post on social media saying yeah. someone's pretending to be me, but then you didn't want to scare or alarm clients mm-hmm. at the same time as well. I think it's up to people to be diligent at who is contacting them and making sure that it is the person that that says it is. But the thing is, how do you stop something as malicious as that? It's like if if I phone somebody up and pretend I'm John Mellis. It's like, how do you stop somebody doing that? It's so. We'll we just tag so up anyway, Phil, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what we do is we, we notify the, the Financial Conduct Authority. That's a regulator. We, we normally notify the police as well. But they've got so much other things on the go that I don't think they really do all that much. There is a, a website called Action Fraud. Again, we, we report things on there. But it's very difficult for them to catch a lot of the the scammers. They, they're almost like a step ahead mm. a lot of the times. And I, I remember a few years back, someone actually cloned the FCA website. So the Financial Regulator, somebody actually like cloned their website. Now, I, I've reported stuff to the FCA before, and they, they've been a bit slow at times. I've always felt in in kind of dealing with things. But when somebody cloned their website, they were quick enough to get it <laughs> taken down. <laughs> at, at get that, that point. sorted, but, yeah. I know, but no. I do find. I mean, it is difficult for organisations to, to tackle scams and scammers. And one good thing that's that's kind of coming up just now the the financial regulator they they've said to companies the likes of Facebook that they've got to be stricter with a lot of the the ads and and promotions that they're running. We we actually got a as a company we we got an email request just recently from Facebook asking to confirm our, our FCA number and the fact that we were authorised and, and regulated by them. So they are taking steps now to try and get rid of some of these dodgy adverts because you, you see things coming up all the time on, on social media with mm-hmm. promises of high returns and low risk, when often they, sometimes it's high risk, but not only that, sometimes it's scams, people just trying to, to steal your money. So it's good to know that there are steps being taken by some of these organizations as well. Yeah, we'll
0: come on to another
1: thing that, that's quite often used,
0: which is celebrity endorsement. Come on to yeah. that in a minute. A couple of things there, Phil. If anyone thought for a moment that you were suggesting people should get involved in investing in crypto assets, all they have to do is listen to any of the previous 100 podcasts and you'll find that that is not the case. Secondly, the person that, that called you up called up the the company. They did exactly the right thing because they they double checked without you know clicking on anything that was in any email that was sent yeah. to them. They sort of went around the long way, round the houses if you like. Mm-hmm. Tip number one: try to find out exactly who you're dealing with. Never hurts double check, and and you could be doing that company a favor by bringing it to their attention too. Yeah.
1: What What's next? I, I'd say. I mean. Yeah, be aware of who you're you're dealing with. And one of the things I've seen Martin Lewis in the news quite a lot recently. I mean, he's a well-known figure in the, the sort of personal finance sort of space. And one of the financial advisors in the office was speaking to me just the other day. And, and they said, they're like, well, we're watching a, a TV clip with Martin Lewis in it, and, and someone was on this show, I think it was like This Morning or, or some of that mm-hmm. type of programs that was on during the day, and one of the viewers had asked him, oh, should we invest in that Bitcoin investment that you'd been recommending in a Facebook advert? So straight away, he's like, oh, no, 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 it's like, it's nothing to do with me, don't recommend it, it's scammers trying to to steal money from you. Mm-hmm. And you, you've got to beware because if there's these adverts, being endorsed by celebrities. In most cases, they're usually always a scam. And it can often be made to look like a, a real kind of advert, but quite often they're fake. And it is basically people trying to to steal your money. So be wary, certainly, of, of adverts on social media for things like crypto and and that sort of thing. And like like you mentioned, I mean, I I'll be honest, I don't know all that much about Bitcoin, crypto, NFTs, that that sort of thing. But one one thing I would say with all of that is it's not regulated. So if you've got a financial advisor, they're only dealing with, with regulated investments. So that gives people a bit more kind of peace of mind and, and security there. Yeah, it's a little bit like well, the Wild
0: West, isn't it? That when, yeah. when you get into all that sort of stuff. Okay, so celebrity endorsement from celebs for financial products, especially things like cryptocurrency, more often than not, it will be a scam. Things like a, yeah. a TV ad, um, featuring Michael Parkinson, suggesting you sign up for a policy because you get a free pen are more likely to be legit, though. <laughs> I guess when it's something that that's that harder to fake, like a commercial, and and where the product is is more financially sound, like you know, life insurance or a private pension instead of something like cryptocurrency, which is a bit like the World West, as we said in financial terms, it's probably more trustworthy. But you start
1: to see how people can be so easily fooled, can't you? Oh, definitely. And as I say, at, at the moment, I mean, a lot of people are struggling. So if if they get a sign of hope thinking, oh, I can get make money quickly off something, their heads will get turned a wee bit But with that sort of, if they see things coming up. And humans are quite inquisitive as well. So if, if someone sees an advert saying, oh, look, You can make thousands within a few months. They're going to be thinking, oh, hang on. I'm really struggling just now. I need money. What's this all about? And that's it. So it's easy for people to get lured in at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I
0: agree. I mean, I I think, you know, given the times we're living in with the cost living crisis, scammers are going to know what kind of financial products people might be more readily looking to access. and, And they'll pivot their efforts accordingly, won't they? I mean, for instance, it's not a big leap to make that people are struggling for cash. That get rich quick scheme that you're talking about might seem appealing or get a loan approved in seconds. These sorts of areas, they're going to be ripe for exploitation, aren't they?
1: Yeah, that's it. Same same as well when we had COVID. I mean, that was another area that, that scammers were trying to exploit and they still are today. I mean, I've, I've had numerous calls from people saying that they're phoning about my, my COVID vaccines and a lot of the time they're they're trying to either get money off you for something or they're trying to steal your, your details. That That's a thing. And But it is, the, the cost of living crisis, it is having a big impact on, on scams and people are finding things hard. And I always say to folk, almost a bit of advice is, don't be tempted by any get rich quick schemes or get cash fast sort of things as well. Mm. Um, that, that's another thing. Nine times out of
0: ten, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is, yeah? Is. What about email scams, for I mean, I remember when we looked back at these the, the first time, we looked at this kind of thing, and they were quite
1: big email scams. Is that still the case? Oh, definitely. And I tell you, there, there's more and more of them all the time as well. I mean, there's like Disney Plus email scams, you've got Bitcoin, social media scams, you've got Netflix email scams, council tax email scams. It's just nuts, all, all the things. And when I I got one, again, just in the, the last week, an email through, and it looked really genuine. It made me kind of look twice, and I thought, it, it, it looked as though it was from iTunes, and it was going on about iTunes Connect, and it was trying to say that my I think my iTunes Connect's invalid. So I looked into it more. And it was also saying that my banking details needed updated. So I thought, I was like, yeah, your cards from time to time will expire and and go out of date. But for me, it was kind of an easy enough scam to kind of find out about for me because I I didn't have Apple Music. So I thought, right, that that is is a scam. I mean, a lot of people have got iPhones, so they'll have some sort of Apple login, which I've got. But I, I didn't subscribe to Apple Music. So when I looked into it more, it's like, yeah, it's a scam. Somebody just try to get my, my bank details. You, you still get, I mean, it, years ago, you used to get that, emails from your long lost uncle in Nigeria. <laughs> That's right. Like, I mean, <laughs> you still get them. It, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, somebody must take the time to actually send them out. It's like, surely nobody replies, but then, oh, I don't know, they're praying on, like you say, a lot of the time praying on vulnerable people. I think I, I gave an example and, and that old podcast that we did, I remember when I worked at the, the Skipton Building Society, there was a chap came in with a letter saying that he'd won the Irish lottery. And I said, him, I was like, do you play the Irish lottery? He's like, no, don't play it. And I said, like, well, I can you've won it then. And and he, he turned around to me and he said, he's like, well, that's exactly what the police had told me. And I said, well, look, it's a scam. And then as he turned around and walked out the door, his final words as he parted was, oh, it's just a shame to think that there's all that money waiting there for somebody to claim. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, man, some of these people have got to, to help themselves, has it? But <laughs> Are you saying that some people deserve to be scammed? <laughs> I know, it just, it's just crazy. But there are, there are, there's so many different, email scams on the go and, and they are becoming a lot more sophisticated these days as well and I mean I've even had emails to myself looking as if they've came from myself it's just nuts I mean the, the things that scammers can mm. do to make things look real is, is really quite incredible Absolutely. When you see some of that video technology, the deep fake stuff, and it's, you know, it's someone, you know, like
0: your granny who's been dead for 50 years telling you that there's, a, you know, your tea's hot in the stove or something. They've got a video playing of her saying it. You know, how, how can that be? Uh, but it's just the technology that people have these days. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm, I'm going to throw this in here, Phil. And I want to stress, this was a long, long time ago. And it was before any regulations, which have since come to pass, were introduced. But on the radio at one point, I did a thing in, in the evenings on North End one and it was called the 10 Grand Cash Call. And we used to just get people to nominate someone that they knew wasn't listening, and then we would phone up that person, <laughs> and when they answered, they said say, hello, and we play this bit, you've been nominated for the 10 Grand Cash Call. All you have to do to win £10,000 is repeat the phrase that pays. So what's the phrase that pays? And the number of people, given that they weren't listening, and that we'd never issued a phrase that pays, it would go, yeah. oh, God, I heard it last night as well. It's on the tip of my tongue. And they're just making this up. you know. Just, <laughs> so and then when they couldn't get it, we played a little bit. They went, loser, loser. You're nothing but a loser. Bye. And then they'd, they'd phone up and say, yeah. someone just phone me from this number. And they'd jump in and nominate a friend for the next night. But really, these days, that would be completely illegal. <laughs> I, I remember my missus actually clicked on one one of these things which looked absolutely legit. And it said it was from HMRC. And she was owing money. And she thought, well, that's not right. Before you know it, she clicked through to what was a fake site. Now, we never use a click through for anything. We go the long way around, like I said earlier, and get the website for ourselves and sign into chat. There's always someone to chat online to or a contact page where you can query what you were sent. Just like you suggested earlier in the program, if you're not sure, ask the sender director. That's that's email. What about cold calls? I mean, are they hat now, or are they still happening as well? They
1: still happen. It's funny you, you mentioned about the HMRC. I remember for a while there was a scam going about where people would contact you, say, right, you're due a refund from HMRC, but you need to pay an admin fee before oh, yeah. we can release that money. And then somebody would actually turn up at your door looking for maybe 40, 50 pounds. And <laughs> it, it was crazy. So they, well, they'll, they'll try anything. But I mean, lately, I mean, I, I've had calls. I, I actually get more calls, I think, that are scam than actual genuine yeah, people yeah. phoning me up. I mean, I, I think more, nowadays a lot of people use text messaging, WhatsApp, all these different messenger services. But on the phone call side of things lately, I mean, I've, I've had folk phoning up trying to get me to review my life insurance lately. As I mentioned earlier, the, that COVID vaccination calls, I've, I've had them quite a, a bit lately as well. But one good thing to, to note is that, Financial services companies aren't allowed to cold call you. So if you get somebody phoning up saying, right, we can help you release money early from your pension, a lot of the times, I mean, not in not all the cases, but in a lot of times that companies are going to be ones that are trying to, to scam you and, and get money off you. But there's a lot of claims management companies out there just now that don't show any regard for these sort of cold calling rules. Cause I, I get them phoning up and I get emails regularly. Have you been missold for a while? It was the PPI insurance, but at the minute it seems to be more lease agreements, PCPs on cars and stuff that they're kind of targeting at the moment. But if you get a call out of the blue, it could well be a scammer and someone trying to get your, your personal details. And as I mentioned, I mean, phone calls, I I don't really get all that many phone calls now tend to find people like messaging and on WhatsApp, there's another big one at the moment where you get a text on WhatsApp, usually from someone saying that it's, me, hello, it's your, your favourite son here. and uh-huh. um, Just to let you know, I've lost my phone and changed my number. And then usually it'll come back saying, oh, by the way, can you send me an Amazon gift voucher? Or mm-hmm. it's somebody's, my friend's birthday and I need to send them this. Or can you send me money? I'm in trouble. I, I've had it on Facebook as well. You get a friend request from someone, you think, hang on, is that a real, uh, is that somebody I know? Or I thought I was friends with them already. And again, you then get a series of messages following up afterwards. Oh, I'm abroad just now and I need money. Can you send me something through? So it, it just that that's the sort of things that that people will try. But there's <laughs> I'm, so much. With your Nigerian things. cousin and we both want to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: I, I tend not to answer numbers I don't recognise, but if for some reason I do. I always tell anyone I speak to that I won't, under any circumstances, sign for any financial deal of any kind via a phone call. I want to see it in writing before I commit to anything. After all, I mean, if if whatever someone's offering doesn't bear scrutiny in print, then it's not much of a deal. And that that usually sorts it. What else should we watch out for? I mean, although I said at the beginning of the show, we tend to think of the elderly and, and vulnerable as the type of folk who fall for scams. And it's far from being just them. That that group's especially heavily targeted, though, isn't it, Phil? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. there are lots of
1: pension scams out there. How do they work? Oh, definitely. You'll find as well, you get a lot of people that'll contact you. They'll get in touch saying, right, look, we can help you access money from your pensions. Now, generally, if you're before the age of 55, you can't access yeah. money in your pension pots. In some cases, it's fraudsters try to steal your your pension monies. And there can be cases where it's like genuine companies who can help with, with certain things. But, and and as I say, financial services companies are not allowed to, to cold call you. So if you don't have a relationship with them at the moment, they shouldn't be getting in touch with you. And again, that's when you should be hanging up the phone and not paying any attention to it. But A lot of people can get their heads turned to think, all right, I can get cash quick. I need money just now. If you are trying to access your pension pot before the age of 55, there's massive tax charges if it is a legitimate kind of scheme that you're looking at. But they are, these people target vulnerable people trying to steal cash out their pensions. And and even just last week in Parliament, Boris Johnston stood up and, and said a bit about pension scams and that they are looking to, kind of tackle it more. But it's a shame when you see people who've had money stolen out their pensions. I mean, in a lot of cases, that's got a massive impact on their retirement. Mm, absolutely. Is there anything
0: that that you can do once you've been scammed to try and get whatever you've lost reimbursed? Or, or is there danger in trying to do that as well?
1: I mean, it, it depends how you've been scammed. I mean, for example, banks will often pay you back money if it's been stolen through fraud or identity theft. If it, They're more likely to refuse any claims if they think that somebody's maybe been grossly negligent. So, I mean, there there are times where that will happen. And I know when I go to my bank now to to pay any bills or send money to anyone, they're always getting me to check and double-check where that money is going. It's like, right, is that the correct account? Have you sent money to them before? They'll check the account numbers. In fact, the, the banks have actually got, like, systems in place where they can turn around, you give them the account name and they can actually see, even with other banks, does that match? So, so there are things that the banks are doing to try and prevent fraud as well. But I, I've seen it before, like I say, when I go to the, the bank myself. One thing I was going to mention about the, the claims management companies, uh, I mentioned them just earlier, they, they're actually now regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. So again, they're, they're there to try and help people more who've been missold sold sort of products as opposed to helping folk get money back from from scams. But one of the things, if you're using these companies, you've got to watch the fees that they charge because they can often be real mm. hefty as well. And I get, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of these claims management companies don't show the same regard for cold calling as maybe like a financial advisory firm or the banks or building societies would. Yeah, there, there was a, a phrase you used there when you were talking about, you know, the banks will tend to,
0: or they might often give you money back if they believe that you've been scammed, unless they believe that you've been grossly negligent, which to me sounds like more money is involved and therefore the bank doesn't want to touch that because they'll have to lose money in order to pay it back to you. That It, it seems that they'll go with you a certain way, but at the end of the day, they're protecting themselves because they're the bank.
1: Yeah, as you said, some some people are just so gullible, but you, you've got to kind of show a bit of common sense as well and think, right, people are trying to scam me, they're trying to get my details, they're trying to steal money from us. So it is, it's, you've got to be really vigilant and there are some folk, like like that chap I mentioned years ago that came in thinking he'd yeah. won the Irish lottery. I mean, when he turned about and went back out saying, oh, it's just a shame all that money's there waiting to be claimed. You think, Man,
0: how do you not get it? It's just crazy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we called him on the ten grand cash call as well. <laughs> we've we've looked at a lot of different types of scam so far. Phil. The one thing that connects them, I always think, is that scammers will try to target larger sums a lot of the time. So they're not interested in fifty quid here and twenty quid there so much, uh, unless they're doing it on multiple occasions. But things like pension pots, that kind of thing, and I guess you know maybe property—that that's probably not safe either, is it?
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, they, they will. You, you often get sort of scams where people sort of pretend to be somebody looking to buy property. There's, I mean, the, the other thing I would say with property at the minute, I mean, I, I see a lot of things online where folk are saying, right, invest in property through us, and you'll get a fixed return, I say, 10% a year. Now, some, some of them can, again, be legitimate, businesses try to help people invest in. But what you'll find is that nobody can guarantee you anything because property house prices will, will go up and down. Property values will go up and down. Rents can fluctuate. So so nobody can actually turn around and say, right, I can guarantee you this. So again, when I say... If something sounds too good to be true, it often is. In, in many cases, that, that's exactly right. Yeah, I was having a look at the latest and most common
0: types of scam that have been identified recently. It seems to me scammers will attack at times where you might be susceptible in your life. So, you know, when your guard is down or you're, you're less astute, you're not thinking as clearly as you might ordinarily otherwise do because your brain's distracted by other things. So, for instance, say a relative dies and you're the executor of the will, What's the sort of thing can happen then, Phil?
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, you, you'll get folk. I mean, they're again, they're playing on people at an awful time when somebody's just passed away. So what, what they do there is they, they'll target the person acting as the executor of the will. Sometimes they'll send out a letter that looks genuine from, for example, a, a law firm. What they're then doing is they demand payments for any unpaid debts or bills or similar, saying that your loved one had left that behind. So it's just crazy that, that folk would prey on folk in that situation, what, what you'll find is that, see, they, the scammers can get your details from death notices. Mm-hmm. So then they start using that information. And, and again, they, they might try and use that for for identity theft. Other things to, to watch out is that criminals can also find out when a funeral is. So if they know when your funeral is, they might think, right, that's a good time for us to target somebody's house because it's going to be unoccupied at the time. So, these folk, they, they're kind of like the level of deceit just it knows no bounds, yeah. does it?
0: Absolutely. And here's what I thought was uh, especially of the moment, if you like, a working from home scam email. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, that's it. What happens here is fraudsters send an email that claims to be from your employer's IT department. And again, they can make these look really genuine. They, they can copy an email address to make it look like it has came from within your organization. One of the things we've got in place here is that any emails that come externally, it says external, and we can see which ones are internal and external. But the, the message that comes through, it says that you need to get a new VPN configuration to be able to work from home. And then it tries to get you to click on a link to get... Details and the link goes to a fake Microsoft 365 log-on page. And again, that's where they're trying to steal your details mm. at that point. So, all these kind of scams, they, they just, they've got an angle for everything, do they? And they all have an element
0: of, they seem like they're legit. You get taken to this, you said the fake Microsoft uh, screen. And, you know, the, yeah. the, it's the same process you would go through if that sort of thing was happening legitimately sustain it to all intents and purposes it looks exactly the same which is why we're saying you know these these scams they're not just preying on the elderly and vulnerable they're preying on everybody and anybody can fall for them
1: yeah another thing that's coming up quite a lot just now is these free supermarket voucher scams and Again, it looks kind of real, and and they'll try to say, right, you've got a free voucher on Facebook for Morrisons or Tesco's, whatever it is, and, again, they'll take you a link to fill in, like to a fake website to to fill in a survey. Then they'll give you this voucher, which does not work. But, again, it's just ways that they're trying to get your details to try and defraud you at a a later date. It's just nuts. Okay.
0: There are tips for for dealing with all these, Phil. The, the, The biggest one I can see in terms of commonality is the idea of checking with the source, claiming to be the contact, getting in touch with you. What else would you add to that in, in, you know, the idea of things to look at if you suspect someone trying to scam you?
1: Yeah, I always, I mean, some of the tips to to try not to get your details stolen, I would say change your passwords regularly. Another thing that I do is I I use like a, a two-factor auth... auth... auth. Oh, it was the word. Authentication. <laughs> Authentication. I've just I've just had a flashback. We did this before when, when
0: we did this. Come, I, I
1: know. We probably it is. The, yeah, I I use that two factor authentication as there well. So every, every time I buy something on say PayPal or if I use my bank or a credit card, I get sent a message on my phone, and it's I've then put in a number by text. So again, that is a just an extra layer of protection. And I mean, they, these companies they can. Like, I, I don't know, they, they can install, like, not software on your machines, but you've got all this, like, such high tech. I mean, I I had one one thing recently. I, I had a, One of the things that I use, my password for that is different from anything else. Never written it down, never told it to anybody, and it got hacked near that long ago. But because I had the two-factor authentication, they couldn't do anything more with it. So I remember waking up one morning and seeing this message. I'm like, oh, man, it's like, how can they, they do that? But again, they, they're so, like, it's just nuts the, mm. the way that they can try and get details from from things. And, and not sometimes it's not yourself. I mean, I, I I do a lot with British Airways. And I remember they they got hacked years ago. So sometimes people can get your details from that. You they maybe apodic, use that yeah. password, not just with them, but with other things. So all of a sudden, somebody's got... Password that you've used in the past. So I'd always say to people, change your your password regularly. Another thing that's going on just now is you've got to watch out for fake fundraisers. I mean, the latest one's some fake Ukrainian fund uh, saying that the money's going to Ukraine. So Mm -hmm. when when it's not going there at all, other things that I've seen lately is um, you get a text from or saying that it's from Royal Mail and that you have to pay $2.99 to avoid a parcel being returned to the sender. And like you say, quite often they're looking for bigger fish. But again, sometimes these things, it's not even just to get that $2.99, but it's to get your details. Yeah. That's often what they're they're doing. So it's just nuts. I mean, you get like Bitcoin scams. You mentioned like the bereaved family scams, WhatsApp message scams, Apple ID scams is another one, British gas email scams, coronavirus scams, there's so many different things on the go at the minute.
0: We were talking about passwords a moment or two ago, Phil, and there's something I saw recently, and I don't know, I didn't investigate it further, but it's it's an app that you can get. So every time you join something that requires a password, say you set up a new bank account or, or you know a new Netflix or Disney or whatever it is, and you have to provide a password, it will automatically generate passwords for you and store them in this app. So you've got a different password for everything because nine times out of 10, and people will be going, you know, he's right. Uh, nine times out of 10, use the same password over or a variation on that same password. And that will yeah. be an important date or, you know, your your kids names or something of that nature. Your, you know, your wedding anniversary, whatever it is, it's something yeah. that is easily memorable for you. Whereas whenever you get a recommended password on a site, it will say TX389QVN. And, you know, you think, well, I'll never remember that. So you don't use it. Yeah, This is the same sort of idea. It generates passwords. It remembers what they are. So every time you want to go into that site, you just go, right, okay, so what is my one for that? And it will cough it up. And I thought, I wonder if that's a good thing. I, I don't know because it means, again, all your eggs are in one basket,
1: right? So if someone cracks the app. Yeah then you've got everything for everything so like a lot of people I, I will use things a lot of people will use things like pet names or family names dates of birth they'll use a lot of these sort of things so scammers can or or hackers can try and like hack into things because they think right so many people use that uh, how, how many people probably still use Password one two three. It's like oh, that was what it was set up originally. It's like ah, oh, Matt, It's like change it. It's like sometimes people don't help themselves. Yeah, no, exactly.
0: Now we always discuss how our topics might have poured over into your own life story, and I, I wonder how scamming might have affected you or yours over the years, Phil.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've given a, a few examples mm-hmm. lately, and like I say, I, mean, I, I get emails and calls regularly so what I would say is just be on your guard I know what it's like myself sometimes it can look some of these emails or messages come through and it makes you think twice it's like is this genuine I, I get ones coming through and it says oh you're locked out your HSBC or Barclays online banking and then I'm thinking "Then I bank with any of them so <laughs> oh, ones like that are easy but mm. when an email comes through like looking as though it's from the who I bank with then you is that genuine that's there mm. uh, so it is it's just kind of being on on their guard to, to make sure and, and like I said as well, I probably get more calls for scammers now than what I actually get <laughs> genuine phone calls. So it's like just crazy. Yeah. We
0: well, also this bit as well, Phil. I know you find inspiration through various people you admire, and you love a quote. What have you got on the subject of today's show? Beware the scammers.
1: Quote this week's from someone called Frank Stallone Curiosity pulls people into the scam
0: yeah now phil is very keen on trying to help you with your financial queries if you want to email a question to us please do and as always we can ask them anonymously if you wish let's get on to this week's contact details in a moment give it to you after these hi phil i listened to last week's diversification show with interest it got me wondering if i could match investment with
1: my own passion and invest in something like classic cars there's a good warren buffett quote, and it says, diversification is only required when investors do not understand what they are doing. Now, that <laughs> almost goes, that's almost <laughs> the opposite of what you were speaking about with Andrew last yeah, week, yeah. but the reason I sort of quoted that is, if you've got a good knowledge of classic cars and it's something you get pleasure from, then by all means look to, to invest in it. I mean, if, if you know what you're doing with something, then great. The, the problem comes when people are trying to do things that they don't know much about, so and you can make money off stuff like that. I mean, generally, motors tend to depreciate in value, but some of the classic cars have done really well over the years. So if you know what you're doing, then, hey, why not? Next one is from Peter in Perth.
0: He says, hi, Phil. I'm ex-forces for working for as many years again as an electrician. I'm now about to retire from that. So I've got the contents of my private pension for my years in the trades, plus my military pension. I'm wondering if there's anything special about the military one which I should be aware of, that would prevent me from placing the two together to make them more manageable and efficient for me in my dotage. Now, before you answer this one, Phil, we, we had something similar last week, and it was it was someone whose dad had like five pensions from across the years, and they wanted to put them all in one pot, so it was easier to manage. And Andrew dealt with that one. I, I yeah. think the difference here is, or what's being asked here is, is there anything specific that you need to know about military pensions?
1: Yeah, I mean, good good thing with a military pension is that it'll rise with inflation, which at the minute is a really great benefit to have because inflation is really high. So good thing is once your pension starts getting paid to you, if inflation keeps being high, your payments are going to go up in line with that as well. Another thing you mentioned about possibly transferring it, but one thing with the military pension is it's what's called an unfunded scheme. So what, what that means is that the the payments that you get comes from the public purse. There's not like a pot of money there already to, to fund that. So that means that you can't transfer that into their uh, private pension. But military pensions are are generally really good because like I say, they they're going to go up. If inflation goes up, your payments are going to go up as well. Okay. You can't do it the other way
0: either. That makes seem like a stupid question. You can't put your you know, if if military pension is is like really good and it's going up with the rate of inflation, you can't put a whack of pension pot from that into your military pension.
1: Yeah. I mean it, it, some some pension schemes will allow you to put money in but again you, you're buying on, on some of them you, you can buy like year service but and and a lot of cases that you can't do that or it's too expensive you're to right. to do. Okay.
0: All right. I would just say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've we've covered a lot of topics and we might have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Mellis. Thank you for joining us for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online. Or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question. Like I say, Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you find this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or whatever you get your podcasts. That way you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening.